This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Ragnon. And I'm Luc Olivier Dumoblet. And our topic this week is... Grand Turismo... Oh my goodness. Grand Turismo Sport, three years later. Wow. Whoa, it's actually been three years. <laughs> it um, feels so close. Okay, okay. That's yeah, kind of the, a bit of a joke of the my title, but it's exactly around two years and eight months oh to be exact. Oh my god. So yes. So nearly three years. Wow. Uh, cool. But first, we have some follow-up? Yep. Uh, on episode 45, we talked about Tom Clancy's The Division and how I couldn't bring myself to play it because it felt too real. But little did I know at the time, uh, in the last month, the parallels to the events of the game has become quite shop- shocking. In The Division, a viral pandemic sweeps New York City, and as a glorified cop, you need to restore order to the city by completing various objectives, like shooting down looters in a quarantine area. It's kind of a little bit on the nose. A little bit, you mean? Throughout the week, not only has the Premier of Quebec, François Legault, denied that systematic racism exists in this province, but new Democratic Party leader Jack Meadson Singh was expelled from the House of Commons for calling a bloc MP opposing a motion calling for increased scrutiny towards systematic racism in the RCMP a racist. Our government has spent over a decade repeatedly arguing about Muslim women's right to wear a headdress and that people hiding their faces can't be trusted, but then they seem completely surprised because those who bought into that bullshit narrative don't want to wear a face mask. As someone with slightly darker than average skin and vaguely Asian-looking traits, I can tell you that more often than not, the first thing to come out of a white person's mouth when you meet them is some kind of awkward joke about how you aren't one of them. And once or twice a month, people yell racial insults at me as they ride past me in their cars. And it's been more frequent since COVID-19. Obviously, I don't have it anywhere as bad as anyone with a more pronounced skin color, which is why I don't really want to dwell on it for any longer. But if you're not white, or you're not white enough, your everyday life is filled with reminders that white people consider you to be part of another bucket. People don't even realize they're doing it, but it happens so casually in everyday life that it just gets passed down from generation to generation, and nobody ever puts it into question. So here's what I have to suggest to our listeners. First, be more mindful of your own behavior. Make an effort to understand the behaviors you exhibit out of habit that are problematic and try to break the habit. If someone calls you out on something, maybe instead of reacting defensively out of instinct, consider that they might be some truth to what they're saying. Nobody's perfect, ourselves included, and nobody is expecting perfection, but at least try. So many white people don't even try. Second, contribute to change at the government level. Vote for less out-of-touch politicians who care about minorities' rights, Donate to Black Liberation, nonprofits, and bail funds, and let your voice be heard about defunding the police and ending police brutality. Lastly, something we've touched on on the show uh, previously, source your information before sharing it. If you're outraged about an issue, you're likelier to believe things you agree with and not take the time to research it if it actually checks out. The media is not in the greatest state right now, but try to keep <laughs> try your best to fact check things that you see on social media by looking for other corroborating sources. Actively seek out and amplify the voices of racial minorities over the whites of uh, the whites of voice people. Yeah, the voices of white people. That's a fun one. Yeah, because they're the ones who've been living this the most out of everybody. I think it's fairly obvious from the contents of our show that even though it's not explicitly a political show, we try to do our best to be welcoming and considerate to people of all walks of life. Black lives matter. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. And if you're non-binary, that's cool by us. Let's all do our best to be the best to each other. And if you don't agree, then we're sorry to lose you as a listener. Wow, that that is... I couldn't even say it better myself. Good. Now we actually have I, some real follow-up. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. That's not a real follow-up. It's a good uh, statement. I think one point I want to add... Uh, I think one point that I want to make clear myself is listen to others. Yes. 
It's super important. Listen to what others say and just maybe take five minutes to process what they say. Thank you. And then let's move to your remaining of follow-up. Uh, yeah. Uh, so funnily enough, uh, I spent a last uh, a chunk of the entire last episode talking about Kizunai and the weird relationship between that character and her three four voice actresses uh all of this changed in the last week uh really wow um so what happened is as i mentioned on the episode uh, previously there were these two other japanese voice actresses that were identified by what hairpin kizuna i was wearing uh in recent weeks they split those voice actresses out into a separate channel called the ip and love chan channel and then last week, they announced redesigns for those characters. So now they have their own character instead of latching on to Kizuna Ai's character. Uh, they're still managed by the same uh, Kizuna Ai Corporation or whatever. Um, but now they are distinct beings and they are clearly different. Uh, so all of the controversy surrounding the whole Kizuna Ai voice actress thing appears to be over now. And they're just going to treat any additional uh, voice actresses in their arsenal as separate characters. So it's becoming more like a traditional uh, VTuber agency in that respect. So that is it for my follow-up, and I know you have some follow-up as well. That's true, but I forgot. And I do have two elements of follow-up. The first one, which I didn't tell you, is but we discussed it off, uh, offline, but I watched some VTubers. Oh. I think that there were two of them that you linked in the show notes. Uh, the one about Gran Turismo 2. Mm-hmm which I forgot uh, the name. Okay. And we add, uh, I think you said they were a bit paralyzing. Per- oh, my goodness. Paralyzing? Oh, my goodness. That's our tonight, but it's then. My beautiful uh, gambling daughter. And, yeah, the other one was that one. And surprisingly enough, I laughed my ass off with <laughs> the gambling daughter because she was so crazy, just, like, freaking out about winning at the casino. It's like... This reminds me of like the typical, like typical like winning character in a like in a random casino scene or in a movie. <laughs> the like the one, the loud one. It was so funny. Which I think you said uh, this character. You're unsure. Like you're kind of mixed about them. You're like not really sure if you like them. Some video you do, some video you don't. The Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo one was nice in the content, but the voice pitch of the actress I think was. Um, like it was killing me. I was like, oh no no no! I watched two seconds. I think I watched a minute or two, and I was like, oh, no no, I'm dying. Which and is I weird will... because I feel like the opposite is what most people consider to be the case. Wow, huh? But that was not my experience, and that was funny. But uh, uh, again, I uh, concluded watching those two videos by saying like. It is uh, quite an interesting trend, but I'm not sure if it is my type of things. Uh, but I guess we'll see if, uh, I, like I said in the last episode, if some are more uh, into uh, the stuff I really love, like cars. So the, that's why I first started with the Gran Turismo one. My next topic, uh, my next follow-up element, excuse me, is about a Mac Rumors link that was posted in the last week. Um, and it uh, it is the great intersection between two topics i love to bring on this podcast and it's funny that this topic is also the the, the, to this week topic is also one of those uh this one is about apple shit and car shit so uh apple announced a couple of months ago that they will be adding a new feature called car key and as its name suggests it is a functionality where you can use your phone as your car keys a lot of i would say a lot but some car manufacturers are in 
are considering to implement NFC-based key cars to enter your car. And Apple is bringing this new framework. And Mac Rumors has posted this week a nice guide about what is car key, what you would expect. And I'm really, really eager to see what and which car will uh, will support it and which car manufacturer will go all in and which one will be like, nah, not going to do that. Uh, and maybe they will consider to stay on their custom uh, or their like, proprietary solution. Wink, Sounds wink. like Tesla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wink, wink, <laughs> Tesla. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to know more about Karki, I felt that the, Mark, the Mac Rumors Guides was quite interesting to catch up on the future of that tech proposed by Apple. It's funny, just joking about Tesla right now reminded me of uh, the classic episode, uh, Everybody Wants a Fucking Impreza, where I said that I wanted a Tesla as my dream car, I think, on one of those. uh, No, I think I I mentioned it as like uh, a green car that I wanted, like an electric car that I would want ideally, except I don't really like all the designs. But now, like knowing what I do about Tesla in 2020, I'm like, "Uh, I wish I hadn't said that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I have some. Uh, I have a friend that has a Tesla. I have uh, a lot of podcasts where people own Tesla and they're like, "Yeah, not nice that uh, this Elon guy, but they do still make nice car." Which that's a problem with them. And you know what? Uh, don't want to make it about like car manufacturing companies and all uh, today. But I wouldn't be surprised that if some of those I level C levels in manufacturing companies were as publicly speaking as mr musk we might realize that some of them are also assholes too but oh definitely (laughs) just a bit so yeah uh but i can understand why uh if you are big into electric cars uh these days it's kind of hard to buy a tesla uh, if you don't like their ceo character because at this point you have a shit ton of reason to not like this person sure is a hard time to have a conscience (laughs) yes it is yes it is so while Yannick was mentioning that I want to go on a different topic this week and I want to bring again two topics I really enjoy in another episode this week which is cars and video games as I mentioned a lot in the past few few of my episodes I am these days with the quarantine and the less quarantine I'm still like in the big video game mood and it is funny because you might say if you follow the news about Gran Turismo that, oh, you decided to do this topic because of last week's PlayStation 5 event and the announcement that was made during it. But no, uh, I had this idea just before. And while that was happening, I was like, yeah, Nick, I didn't tell you that, but I was strongly considering that. And what happened in the, uh, I think we can call it like the PlayStation 5 teaser event, uh, confirmed to me that this week was the right moment to do so. So since the last episode, I've uh, okay, that sounds wrong. I've I've put that in my notes, but I've booted my PS4. I've used my PS4 uh, recently, but I, what I meant by that is I uh, booted the Gran Turismo Sport game, and I wanted to revisit this game that is nearly uh, three years old at this point. As a reminder, uh, there's an episode that we did, Yannick and I did on the show just after the uh, the game got released and it is episode 75 titled Limipo plays Gran Turismo Sport and just before we talk about Gran Turismo Sport itself I just wanted to have a quick note uh, I know Yannick and I have been discussing it uh, around like or like 50 to 100 episodes we did uh, those Limipo plays a, a lot and while preparing for this uh, this week's show 
um, re-listening to that episode reminded me that I really, really enjoy those types of uh, episodes where we review things. Uh, I, I, I understand that at that point we had the bold plans of like Twitch streaming them plus making sure uh, that we also get some quite usable quote-unquote audio out of that uh and yeah this episode doesn't show that too much because the audio especially on my side was using the uh, psn functionality so that was not great but again yeah i really enjoy again the content that was out of it and i wish uh we we really should find a way to uh, try to mix that up and maybe do some of those like live streams twitched event that also end up in this podcast because i really uh, enjoyed that episode while revisiting it so now that's out of the way i really want to talk about the game and the main reason why i wanted to revisit the game is because yannick and i and especially i were quite negative after the release of gran turismo sport so the the episode the game got released in uh, october 2017 and we did the game, the, the show, maybe I think a week or two after the release. And at that time, um, we already knew that, that some fixes were coming to the game to fix uh, our main gripes about it. And our main gripe is, uh, was that the game is mainly focused on its new online-ness, if I can call it this way. Which is the main reason why you would boot up Gran Turismo Sport is to play online and even maybe play a bit competitively online. That caused a great kerfuffle i couldn't call it this way and polyphony digital at that point committed to a full year of updates to fix that uh so in uh, november uh, excuse me in december 2017 they uh, released what they call gt league which is a series of events that you can play offline that remind that would remind you of the previous campaign mode that you can find on all the numbered gran turismo series what was nice now that we've literally nearly three years in this game is this full year of update got transformed out continued for the last three years and throughout those years i always kept an eye on the content that got released but i I say never had the time to it but also never had the willingness to go back to this game because i was quite so disappointed with this installment so this week with the ps5 announcement with me thinking about playing some car stuff because I cannot do car stuff myself with my own car, I, I decided was gonna that. Well, <laughs> are you gonna say that I wanted to play the game because it's hard for me to do car stuff these days? Well, like I, I follow a a couple um, highway car racers in Japan. I don't want to out them too much, but. Uh, like people with rx7s and stuff and uh they nice. haven't been going out much recently so uh, they bought psvr and gran turismo sport so that they can race their car around a virtual highway which i mean i i love doing that myself as well but it was just kind of funny so i i i saw that happen in japan like two months ago and now i'm seeing it happen to you well you didn't get the psvr yet but no, i'm not planning to get the psvr <laughs> um yeah also i've other personal reasons that uh, this year will ma- this summer will be light on uh, like me going on the racetrack content. Um, I'm quite busy this summer, so I already had this this in mind that I wouldn't go too much on the racetrack. And then COVID happened too, so uh, while events are slowly but surely uh, starting to uh, either being delayed to September October or the like the July June July event are starting to 
be confirmed. I'm like, you know, like stuff happens, life happened. This summer is a bit lost for me, but I was already prepared for that. So I kind of like coping it with doing some more car stuff, either by, uh, Making sure my infotainment system is up to date. That's what I was struggling with in the past oh few God. days. That's yes. so on brand. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a funny tangent about this, but, uh, um, but yeah. More of the story. If you have a Ford car like I do, you need to remember that the QSB key you need to download the files to it needs to be XFAT, which is fine, but that the, um, the boot record, I always forget the name. For oh that. my god! Fuck yes, Windows. but the, no, no, but that's funny because XFAT is not Windows. It's the, 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 oh, it's kind of Windows, but XFAT is XFAT. And by the way, Sync is now on uh, QNX since Sync three, so it's not Windows. It is really some kind of Unixy system. But I was doing the mistake of viewing the uh, GUID boot table and not the MBR, and that's why my key was not big organized. So yeah. I was yep. kind of freaking out, but yeah. So small tangent about my infotainment system, but yes, these days uh, I'm playing Gran Turismo Sport and I'm also doing other shit that relates to cars, but it's not me going physically on the racetrack like I did in the past few summers. Okay, so like I said, it is a time to revisit this game and the first thing I wanted to do is go through the list of updates because in October 2017, the game got released with mixed feelings. Where I, I feel we were not the only ones. Um, I want to talk a bit the, uh, a bit about the esportness of it later on, but one of the main complaints people had was we were expecting Gran Turismo 7. This is not Gran Turismo 7. I know you're saying you're trying to get something. Where is my quote-unquote offline content? Where's my campaign? Where's my 100-hour like gameplay mode? Right. I want to spend like hours and hours having a goal, and one of the things we were talking about in the past uh, episode uh, about this game was where is my goal in this game to get cars because in the end the, the fun part of a Gran Turismo, ga- uh, Gran Turismo game is accumulating a shit ton of cars so you can just experiment them on different tracks or like you can uh, go on uh, I guess uh, Tokyo Express Highway and then you go with the RX-7 and then you go with the Impreza WRX and you compare all the handle differently and that you would do that by going to all of those events these with Gran Turismo Sport that was never really there because the main important feature was to go play online with an PvP mode and of course, throughout the years, um, they've added more events, and I'll be coming back on that. So to fix the mistake that they've done about launching the game without a proper campaign mode, with a lot of the typical race events that they had, uh, in December 2017, they, they launched uh, GT League. And GT League is divided into four categories. Um, four leagues, excuse me, categories, but they call league. And all of those leagues contain what you would expect as the typical like race events or race cups. So you had the like front front car, so front engine, a front end engine, front wheel drive cars cup, and you have like the all wheel drive cup, the Porsche cup. You have the I think what, what the one I did recently was also fun. Uh, I think the like the front rear cup for like rear wheel drive cars, front engine rear wheel drive cars. So th- all of those typical events you would find in campaign mode are slowly but surely becoming back into those four leagues. Which Gran Turismo the- staples like the Sunday Cup and the Clubman. Ah, Cup. that's the one I was looking for. The Sunday Cup. Why, why can I forget the Sunday Cup, man? 
It's every day. It's always it's the there. first event in every game. Yes, yes, and it's funny because I kind of realize now that I've more or less I've, I would say I've done a Sunday Cup, but I kind of consider lapping on a racetrack to be the closest equivalent to a Sunday Cup. Like you don't really do a cup, and there's events that are the next step where you would do races uh, against people. But like it's funny the the um the relationship and the the metaphors and building between uh, racing and lapping i really like i made a couple of uh, click links uh, i clicked on a couple of like uh, references in the past few years since i've done more quote-unquote racing quote-unquote so yes there's four leagues in gt league beginner amateur professional and endurance and depending of your driver level uh, each of them will be on on block so beginner is on block by default uh, amateur is after you reach level 10 professional is after you reach level 20 and sadly even to this day i haven't unlocked endurance mode because i'm i just reached uh level 27 uh and it requires level 30 one thing that was nice is when they got released in december 2017 uh each of them so they are like beginner at five events six events for amateur Professional was two and endurance was true. And since then, they all minimally double the number of events you go through them. So you can imagine that those events, in uh, the number of them uh, increase, but also the number of individual races inside of each of them increase too. And yeah, I noticed because I remember um, when the original patch came out, I think I did all the events and... I went back this week when you told me that we were doing this game as a topic and like my events were uncleared and I was like, what the hell happened here? Okay, buckle up because since 27 October 2017, the game received 28 updates and I want to go through all the notable changes per year. So in 2017, they added 22 new cars and in patch 1.09 in December, they have added GT League. In 2018, they added 88 new cars. That's like the biggest year at this point. They added 10 new circuits. Uh, and classics for from Gran Turismo, like Monza, Tsukuba Circuit, Circuit de la Sarthe, uh, oh, Fuji Speedway, Tokyo Express South Route. Like, uh, and I'm skipping some of them that here. Like They've introduced classics from Gran Turismo that were not there and that were also updated. On top of those 10 new circuits, they've added multiple tweaks to existing tracks and also uh, launched new layouts or configurations. So you can say like a reverse configuration or like a, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that, uh, I think, yeah, Fuji Speedway is a good example. You have Fuji Speedway F and GT configs, depending on the typical, like F, if I recall correctly, F is for Formula races and the, the GT races, they have a different configuration. So... Uh, a lot of the current tracks that were included in the game also got uh, modified. GT Update got a release nearly every month. January, February, March, May, July, August, September, November, and December in 2018 all contain GT League updates. Maybe a couple of events uh, in each categories, but you can see that surely but quickly, only in 2018, GT League got updated so much that every month you could just play all the new events. Next month you boot up your PS4, get to the latest Gran Turismo Sport update, and you get even more content. 
on top of that, 20, again, 2018 was a big year for the game. They, they really, really, really listened to the feedback of people. Uh, they have added more VR modes. The, they added the tour mode in version uh, 1.15 in March 2018. And something I still dislike, and I'll come back a bit on that, is microtransaction in some cars uh, in Brand Central was added in uh, in July. So some cars from the get-go were already using microtransactions. So usually you buy them with in-game credits. Uh, I think, if I recall, the limit is a lot of the 2 million credit cars and above could be bought will read money using microtransaction. In 2018, with that uh, July update, they lowered or they started to add more cars that were involved that were more on the range of, like I think, it's uh, 200,000 credits to 2 million credits. Um, so some of those got added. So uh, I guess it's a, a cheat way to get more cars and not play the game. Um, and now that's... So yeah, so that's for 2018. In 2019, still a big year. 57 new cars, 6 new tracks. Again, uh, GT League got updated in January, twice in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. And if it sounds like I'm reciting all the months in the year or nearly all of them, yeah, the the, the, the change log speaks for itself here. Um, again, more multiple, more tweaks and uh, more tweaks and layout configuration added to existing track. Six new tracks with classics like Special Stage Route 10 or X, I guess, uh, Circuit de Spa Francorchamps. And Laguna Seca were added. Fuck that in... track. <laughs> you don't like hate it. You don't like Laguna Seca. I guess you don't like the corkscrew. That they. I... I don't know why they put that in B license in Gran Turismo Four, and I was like, who puts that shit in B license? Mm. Anyway, for sure. Uh, okay, small uh, small story. If if there's like a so some of those tracks you can still go drive through. Like Norschleifer is a good example. Uh, Spa Frakonshar can be driven by normal people. Laguna Seca too. Uh, if there's one thing I wish I could do at some point, and that could also be possible because Laguna Seca is California, uh, is to go drive into some of those. And there's like surprisingly, there's a lot of those racetrack in the U.S. and even in Europe that they do have the normal like lapping club, like I attend here in Montreal on like less prestigious. Uh, racing circuit so yeah one day finger cross i can say that i've done the corkscrew and then be like oh my god this is crazy i done that so for so long in like video games and now i've done it in real life so one day a couple of things also that were added in 2019 that is worth mentioning again even more microtransaction for cars so uh i don't think it downplays too much but the fact that Gran Turismo, I think starting with 6 and now with GT Sport is slowly trying going there. I understand easy money can be made for those and patient people can fix their problem by just spending money. Uh, but again, it doesn't affect too much. But it makes me a bit worried for what GT7 could be. It feels pointless in GT Sport because you have the possibility to become a contract driver for a specific brand. And if you become a contract driver for a brand, you get access to all of their cars for free. Right. So... Uh, but no, not, not all of their cars, though. Specific cars. More or less a group 2, 3, or 4, depending on which one they have. Maybe it changed, but back when I first did it, you got everything. Huh. 
because I resigned a contract again. I had I was with Mitsubishi and now I was with uh, I resigned it with Porsche because I love the Cayman they have and it's just a Cayman Group Two I think or Group Three, and you get the nine nine one nine eleven GT no Group R. I forgot the <laughs> I forgot the exact uh, model they get, but like only the two sports car and the, the two race car and that's it. Hmm. Okay then. That's okay. I bought all the other Porsche, so that's fine. Not with money, with credits. I still have a shit ton of credits. Again, I think I like because I bought the deluxe game. I had like four million credits, so I'm playing the game. I'm losing money, but I'm still getting money back, and I really don't really care. So that was also one of the points is because I bought the deluxe and that the campaign was so meh. I was like, I have all the money I need to buy all the cars I want. Who cares? Like I have no incentive to uh, play to that. But again, uh, two last thing for 2019. Uh, Gran Turismo the sport mode gained a time trial category with time trial only online events and it got the weirdest DLC I think it that exists so of course uh, GT is quite associated with uh, the FIA the Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile or yeah I forgot the A I think so yeah yes uh, so um, yeah I think it's automobile oh well so the FIA the, the, the racing one uh and they also been quite involved in not involved, but they've they always have uh, to have like um, sponsors or even like uh, like race stars. Uh, and they have a deal before where uh, Lewis Hamilton was part of the game, and oh, now that's so weird. <laughs> yes, now it's a full on DLC called Lewis Hamilton Time Trial Challenge, um, and that was added in November 2019 in the update 1.50. Uh, and the gist of it is they put him on a, like a, they put him in a, in a room where they have like, because you see the video, right? So they put him in a room with a amazing, like, like video games, like racing set with a wheel, with a nice racing seat, with like big screens. And he went to a track and then did times. And your, the goal of it is to beat Lewis Hamilton's time. Um, while that is nice and could be interesting, it is not worth 20 Canadian dollars in my book. It was quite expensive, the DLC. Also, not to diss any race car drivers, but one thing that uh, it was quite nice that I've seen a bit, I didn't watch too much of it, but I've seen it on, car, on car Twitter, is that a lot of the race car drivers move online during quarantine. And it was funny to see that somewhere amazing online whereas some others while they're amazing in their cars on physical world when it's in the virtual world they they were not so great so (laughs) um who knows maybe Lewis Hamilton is also amazing as a driver in Gran Turismo Sports but I'm not willing to uh, to pay the $20 uh to to know it on a game that these days is worth literally 20 to 30 dollars uh when you can find deal either on the PSN or even a used copy and stuff like that Last but not least, before we go through this uh, big section about the updates, and you'll see I'm kind of drawing the points here, is uh, 2020 is a slow year, though. I guess they we're already knowing that GT7 is kind of coming. So only five new cars, no new track, only two updates to GT League in February and May. Uh, of course, the uh, COVID and the quarantine affected some of their online events. Um I think they were to going to do a big like big season, big events, and some of them got delayed or even canceled. Another big change uh, regarding so fuel consumption and tire wear was always kind of like 
not really using the game at, at first but it feels that throughout those years they've added it and even now it can be enabled for qualifying races in sport mode which brings us to a final total of 30 uh, 335 cars and around like, i think 60 70 tracks uh plus a shit ton of gt uh, gt league events so when Polyphony Digital said they would update the game. I think they went overboard with this in the past three years. And while I was skeptical because it was the first foray of Gran Turismo into online and maybe like kind of like buying a vision. And I think in 2017, they didn't really sell that quite well. And I think it was related to them start trying something new and not really being experienced into that. That now in 2020 when you just you just realize that they did it they committed to an update schedule for two years in a row they add an update every month or nearly every month this year it starts to slow down and i guess we kind of start to understand why um with the announcement that was done last week but in my book it quite redeems the game by a lot maybe not fully but by a lot for sure, the game is optimized for an online mode, and that won't change. But I do feel that with all the new content there is in campaign mode, and I haven't touched like like they haven't t- changed too much the the original um, the original modes, which is there's a time trial, there's mission challenge, there's the licenses. Those are not gone, or not gone, and nor they were updated too much. Some of them, I think, it's the the mission challenges. Every time they added a new circuit they would add its section and all the different events so you can do uh you optimize your race line and there's like those uh bronze silver gold events that you can do so this section got it but of course it was mainly uh gte league but with that plus all the uh plus all the added content to gte league i'm sure you can spend I think uh, 20 to 30 i wouldn't be surprised like 40 hours on this and never go online just go enjoy this mode spend the time to perfect your race line spend the time to get goals everywhere even if we did say that like getting goals is easier than in previous gran turismo i still feel that you can spend a lot of time trying to just have fun with the cars buying cars trying races replaying races without having to keep with the burden of and i use the word burden here of doing pvp online because uh while i'm bringing this up um i want to talk about uh the aspect of pvp in gran turismo sport because at first it was quite a mess i recall we did really complain uh less in the episode but in the weeks after the episode Yannick and I were chatting offline because we continued to play the game and we really realized uh, that the penalty system needed some love uh, because what we realized quite quickly is the bad behaviors you would encounter so um, maybe I should fall back, uh, roll back a bit so uh, online when you play in Grand Tour in sport mode you have two ratings your driver rating which is more or less you driven by where you qualify in a race and then when you end up in a race so let's say you qualify in 10 position so you start in 10 position and then you finish at five you get certain points excuse me and then you also your have your sportmanship so the sr rating which is our you're kind of a 
are like all like are you are you making the like clean races are you making sure to not bump into other people and stuff like that and i felt a lot that when i was playing in 2017 this was quite aggressive where i was like somebody will hit me like clearly hit me and it was like nope it's your fault so you have a penalty and, I'll, and on top of that every time you have a penalty your sr rating your sr will go down so uh it was quite crazy of course throughout the years they tweaked that they improved that they even changed how the penalty are applied um the way the, the penalty were applied is let's say you hit somebody it's a one second penalty this penalty gets consumed every time you lift off of the gas so every time you lift off the throttle your car decelerate and that's how they will you will pay for this penalty uh we didn't mention in the past episode that those penalties sometimes can be gamed a bit uh we're just trying to slow down to enter a corner will redeem your penalty which is not the case it shouldn't do that right because it's normally slow down now they've added in at least in once per circuit they've added checkpoints where when you go to that zone first i wasn't sure maybe you can recall but one thing i wasn't sure is in the first few iteration of the game would you were you able to see uh the like the second penalty like uh, let's say i hit you and then you go behind me because of that. And then you see, oh, I have a three-second penalty because I ate you. I don't think we were able to see that from the other players at first. No, you were only able to see your own penalty. Right. That's something they changed. So now when you see a car in front of you, you'll see, hey, by the way, they have a three-second or a, a 0.5 of a second penalty. And the closer they come to the this checkpoint, so maybe like I'd say like two or three corners before the checkpoint, you start to see uh, a progress bar that goes from 100% to zero. Telling, oh no, the inverse. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of the inverse, but it starts from right right to left. It's a bit weird, but more or less thing. This car is slowly but surely approaching to the checkpoint. When they'll approach the checkpoint, they'll they'll uh, they'll be forced to uh, left off the throttle and ultimately become a ghost. So you can tackle and then be like, okay, I won't I won't try to take. Uh, try to pass this car at the beginning of a turn because I know the checkpoint is at the exit of this uh, this curve. So I'll just prepare myself and be ready to exempt when they are forced to lift off the throttle. So I feel that with this new system, it's a bit, I think it brings a bit more fairness and the tweak, of course, the algorithm. Also, on top of that, I also felt that uh, there's a bit more leeway in the bad behavior. Like in a lot of the uh, online events, it is like kind of like three, two, one. Everybody starts, right? Um, but there's like I'm blinking on the racing term here, but like there's the the Christmas tree with the lights, and then you start. So you end up in the first corner with like ten cars, just in a a, a corner that has a space for two. So of course you'll hit somebody. That's kind of like sadly the sadly the the limits there uh, of the space. Uh, and I've seen sometimes it's like okay, and I'm trying just like I'm not hitting you. I'm just trying to fit in without not without not being too kind to you and letting you go past. Right? It's not you're not driving on the street. You're driving on a racetrack. The goal is finish first. And I've seen that. I recall moments like these where I would be negatively impact, where somebody will be like bumping into me because of that, and I'll be like, okay, SR goes down. I'm like, oh crap. 
and now I think I've seen small collision, like just like oh, you you're rubbing off another car because you know racing, and you rub off. That is okay. I'm like oh, I'm so every time I was like ooh, I rubbed off somebody. Is that okay? And then oh yeah, next checkpoint, next checkpoint. When your times like your time sector reset, it's like oh yes, SR goes up. I'm like okay, fine, SR goes up, and that's when I realized is with those tweaks. I had issue to maintain a good SR, and then since the past week, uh, I left the game and I was at B, and I was stayed in B for like multiple days of playing. And in the past few days, in the past few days, like I was able to go back to A because in the end, I was able to maintain a good line and not do the stupid shit because I still I've seen a lot of the stupid shit that we talk originally, where like people on purpose will try to push you out uh, uh, of of the race line, so. Yeah, PvP is still shitty, and I think we, I personally add strong comments and opinions about PvP in general. I think we had some when I played uh, The Division. Uh, I had other when we played that, and a lot of other games I have uh, strong comments about PvP. It's never perfect, but I do feel that the tweaks they've done throughout the years to make sure to uh, negatively affect the bad people is better now than it was uh, at the beginning. One of the things I noticed this week uh, when I booted up the game is I went into the online lobby system and I looked at how many people were actually playing the game. And for a game that's three years old and had a relatively negative reaction on launch, there were like 220 to 240 open lobbies with non-zero amounts of players in them. And I found that fascinating because you usually don't see that kind of activity going on. Like, I I also realized that I think this is the 12th best-selling PS4 game anyway, because Gran Turismo games are usually in the top 10. Right, right. Uh, But it still seemed very high for a game that people really disliked because it leaned so heavily on the online. At the same time, like, I love going into online lobbies and just, like, racing around a highway around with other people. It's just super fun. And you don't have to worry about your sportsmanship rating going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's not too bad. By the way, um, wait a sec, wait a sec. Yes. By the way, um, I want to go back to one of the original points issue that you really dislike was that it was hard for you to get your results on the online seasons. And I still don't know if it's a, another way than that, but I figured out by accident that when there's an active season, you can Great see your UI. results for the current season, but there's the drop down so all the past seasons. And let me tell you, they did a lot of the test season in the past in the first year <laughs> of the game, and there's a lot of season. The drop down literally on my 4K TV is as high as my TV, just to give you an idea. And you need to scroll in it to go through all the events. So I was yeah, able I think to. You were doing them like every week or every two weeks during the first year. Oh, with the number of events that I've seen in this drop down, I'm, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can go there. I was able to go back there and see my results. Another thing I really disliked about DR and SR is the way you get communica- communicated on your improvement or your near downgrading, uh, let's put it this way, of your rating. So it goes from, I think when you first go online, it's E, and if you are good you go to d and the d becomes the minimum so they go from d to a plus and there's s but s is like special and you need to request it's like kind of being revived on twitter from what i've read uh, 
so just d to a plus for both of them and in the end it's a number right um and to know where you're limited uh you have a progress bar in your profile about your driver rating but for sportmanship the only thing you know is at the end of a race the letter next to your name will be become like in like the the results at the end it will be like okay you see all the drivers rating and the sportmanship rating and your sportmanship rating will either be white so nothing happens blue it's improving or red it's not improving it's like regressing but in the end it's like okay but am i regressing to go to from b to c am i regressing to just stay in b am i close to go from b to a not able to do that i found though i'd say a sketchy website but i did find a website that was linked on some of the the forums that is allowing you it's called kudos prime um, that is allowing you to go look at your real numbers so it's quite simple you put your uh you don't log in you just put your uh your psn uh, username and you press play and it just figure it out so i can see what was the improvement and right now like i see for example that for uh, uh the driver rating i am at 2800 points uh, roughly which is not too great uh, i think he a is like a, like 60000 points so it's not great but, oh my god yeah but my sportsmanship rating is at 78 out of 99 so that's why i have a so you can see the progression if you regress or ingress it's it's quite nice so i'll put it in the show notes um i'm kind of putting you on spot you know? i i will put uh, uh the result my results but if you don't mind i can put your results too Oh, that's fine. I know okay. their shit anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. But at least, it, uh, at least one of the things I don't think you see seasons though, but you do see the 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 values that are driving those two two ratings. And to me, this is quite improving because now I can know like, oh, am I on the limit or am I going there and there? And now I see, I can see to the issues I had uh, with sportsmanship by going down and going back up and staying uh, for a long time at B and now in the past week being able to go to A, which is quite nice. And this kind of data mining stats stuff is usually pretty common in esports games, so it's not super surprising that someone actually figured it out. Right. From what I can see, the website, they have links for Forza, for, yeah, they have they have a couple of tabs on the website for a lot of other uh, a lot of other online car games, to put it this way. Okay, so um, wait a sec. I had another point about the original issue. By the way, I look. They still uh, didn't bring up the Suzuki Escudo, even if though they brought like three hundred and thirty-five cars in the end. Uh, that um, I'm happy because in the past few weeks I've still like did the normal events, uh, and you can see the, the the GT League is like what you would expect. Uh, online is still like I'm still getting used to it. Uh, I've played a lot of it. Um, I think I've like been becoming more warm to doing that, uh, especially for cars. In the end, there's not too much like put you at set and you hear a lot of shit from people. There's a chat, but not too bad from what I've seen. So I'm warming up to playing online. I've, I think in the time spent in the past few days, uh, I spent half of the time playing online just to give you an idea. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, so it's, it is pretty good. Before I go into conclusion, I want to bring up to Gran Turismo 7 because I don't know if you saw it but if you didn't I put I will go in the show notes of this episode I will put a link to the YouTube 
announcement trailer for Gran Turismo 7. That was part of the whole announcement trailer of the PS5. Or I don't know. I don't recall what was the name of this event, but the future gaming event. Thank you, Yannick. I kind of knew you would. But what was announced? Uh, so we don't get a date. Assumption is that it's going to be a launch game? Question mark. Uh, what th- makes me think so is if we look at the release dates of 5, 6, and Sport, they were all November, December, and October. So uh, November 2010 for GT5, December 2013 for GT6, and GT Sport, like I said, October 2017. Um, uh, so yeah, so I expect, and we see like uh, between GT5 and 6, there was three years. Between 6 and Sport, there was four years. Now Sports with this year is about three years. So... Uh, it would kindly fit with the typical dates we've seen in the past few years. I know there was a big jump between 4 and 5. That's why I'm not talking too much about it. But with the last three games. Uh, so again, speculation on my part. Hopefully, this is going to be a launch game. Uh, no, wait a sec. I really wish it is a, a launch game. My wallet don't want it to be a no, launch really game. No, really not. <laughs> Because we don't know the price of the PS5 and rumors are saying it's going to be an expensive beast this time yes. around. So, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess I'll be maybe willing to eat a bit of like more like mac and cheese and just like shitty like pasta stuff for the next few months just to pay for that. Who knows? But again, uh, I think you were saying offline that uh, you might have to reconsider some of your budgeting for the next few months uh, to maybe make it happen. I'm not sure I'm going to buy in immediately anymore. Oh, okay. For me, seriously, again, I'm sure, like, I've been a bit late with the PS4. I think you bought it the first year, if I recall correctly? Uh, second year. Oh, second year. Okay, so, okay, so, but second year, you mean, like, the like, so it got released in 2014, if I I think PS PS4 was 2013 and I got it 2014 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because GT6 was released at the same time as PS4 and everybody's were freaking out. Yeah, I recall that now. So yeah, and I think I got mine in 2015. So I was like, you know, 2015, I guess like maybe not this holiday season, but maybe 2021 holiday season. I will be the first year of the uh, of the PS5, blah, 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 what makes sense. But now they're talking about GT7 with a renewed focus on campaigning. Oh my god! And what we've seen in the in teaser, I would strongly invite you to stop this podcast, go press play for a three minutes video, go watch it and come back. Because at least the menu system literally feels to me like Gran Turismo 4 modernized. It's the same like cityscape, not a cityscape, but it's kind of a like flyover view of a fake city with elements where you see the brand thing, the brand centrals, you see mods mods got coming back and that hopefully are worth something and not just like miles point that are useless uh you see like a lot of campaign events with a lot of the cops that we mentioned uh when we're talking about gt league but like that's the goal of the game to do so funnily enough i was rewatching the video just before we started recording and i didn't see where is the online mode so th- there, there's a lot of questions that come up because of this trailer First thing I want to mention is the UI is very much a mishmash of Gran Turismo 4's map screen and Gran Turismo 6's everything else. Uh, <laughs> like w- whenever you see like the 
the circles with the real people faces in it. Right, like, right. Oh my god, trauma from Gran Turismo Six. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Now that you mentioned it, I forgot there was that in Gran Turismo Six. The entire UI was like that in Gran Turismo Six, and I hated it. Uh, so I find it kind of sucky that they brought that back for Gran Turismo Seven. But sure, I, I, I'll get it anyway because I'll get all of these games except for three for some reason. Uh, yeah, so, so that was a little bit weird. Another UI quirk that I noticed that reminded me of the Forza games, actually, is that the selection is inverted. Uh, now, instead of selecting the event first and then choosing from the maps that you are allowed to uh, play that event on, you do the opposite. You choose what map you want to play on, and then it shows you the events that are available on that track. That's true, because you select like America's Europe, Asia, like Bren Central. Yeah, and then you have like the breakdown of the individual tracks, and then you select one, and you have Sunday Cup under that, which is very strange from a traditional Gran Turismo thing, and I don't think I like that structure. Um, but like I, I've been yelling at everybody who's been like, "What the fuck is this?" Because like this has been a staple in Forza for a couple of years now. Huh? Okay, I didn't know that point. So I found that strange, and I'm not sure if I like it. I think I probably dislike it, honestly, but we'll see. Um, and if if that's just one of many views for the events in the game, that's probably good. And I, if I can have a traditional menu like in GT4 or whatever, uh, that would be great. I, I mean, the other thing that I, I don't know how much of this you were going to say yourself, but Gran Turismo Sport is Gran Turismo 7 Prologue. Oh. Because there's a lot of similarities between... Gran Turismo 5 Prologue and Gran Turismo Sport, now that we know that Gran Turismo 7 exists. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Gran Turismo 5 Prologue was about as heavily updated as Gran Turismo Sport was, except during a shorter period of time. And it, it was really strange because it was like a prologue game that was getting regular updates, and people were kind of freaking out about it. Uh, oh, man, and I didn't recall this part of Gran Turismo Story. Huh. I, I think because... A, people in the West never really gave a shit about the prologues. Uh, <laughs> like, Fair point. That, that's the truth. We were waiting for the full game. And also, like, it really feels like a match, uh, mishmash between Gran Turismo 5 prologue and seasonal events that were also in Gran Turismo 5, where you would have a regular, like, every month or so, a new mm -hmm. limited time event in uh, Gran Turismo 5 that you could go do uh sometimes there was like a race car driver kind of like the lewis hamilton thing right, tied right. to it but not always it was just the seasonal content model and i always felt like gran turismo sport was kind of we've had this idea kind of since gran turismo 4 but have never really been able to pull it off technically until now and like fortnite happened and all of the seasonal model stuff popped up all over the industry so it just felt like a right fit for that gran turismo 7 is kind of like okay but what if we made that part of a full Gran Turismo game. And it's intriguing, but I'm not sure it's necessarily going to be as good as Gran Turismo 4, which is kind of the curse of Gran Turismo 4. It's nothing's ever going to reach that high ever again. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of tricky. That, you okay, I was not expecting that at all, to be honest. Uh, this is literally making me think a lot. Um, I kind of, I'm slowly but surely getting, like while thinking, getting behind your, your comparison here yeah it's obvious from watching the gt7 footage that this is the gran turismo sport engine with updates and i don't think that's generally been the way that uh gran turismo games have been across console generations like i don't think they've traditionally taken the engine from the past generation game and just kind of like 
spruced it up a bit and then called that the new game. Like the closest thing we really had was Gran Turismo HD on the PS3, which was Gran Turismo 4 running on PS3 to some extent. Uh, but or Gran Turismo 2000 was Gran Turismo 2 running kind of in this weird in between of Gran Turismo 2 and Gran Turismo 3. So there's there's weird stuff out there that's like prototype level uh, experiments of like taking the old engine and making it run on the new system. But I think this is probably the first time that across console generations, they're just reusing the old engine wholesale and just making it better. And I think that that's good because Gran Turismo Sports physics and graphics are amazing. Right. And they're just making those better. Uh, and it also means they have a lot less time to spend just getting the basics of the engine working and they can put that into content which is clearly what they've done if they're making a full campaign game and it's coming out within three years of the last one right and i I think while all the updates i feel are kind of redeeming the game one of his of its good element even when you play online is the graphic quality and the representation is amazing and that was something we expected and assumed that would be delivered by Polyphony Digital. And it was, and it was on top of an online game, which now that I think of it, is quite impressive. Even if I was not really in the mood of getting an online game for this, but that's a different point. And Gran Turismo 7 with the ray traced reflections looks absolutely insane. Like now cars can reflect onto themselves, which is not something that was possible before, but for certain kinds of metal finishes, that's actually kind of required to get the intended look of those metals. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool technical behind the scenes graphics stuff that's being done in Gran Turismo 7 that you traditionally don't really see in racing games that are going to make the cars look even more realistic. And I think uh, Gran Turismo in recent years has really succeeded at making like a a hyper realistic and almost more beautiful than reality view of real racetracks and cars. Uh, and they're really like nailing it. What I'm mostly curious about though is does this have PSVR support? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, we'll see. We don't. We didn't get the, the, too much like a PSVR updates about the PS5, right? No. Like the, there's the new Astrobot game, which, as far as we can tell, it has nothing to do with VR, which is kind of strange considering that the character is literally wearing the VR helmet. Right. So that's a little bit off there's questions for like stuff like dreams which has had a, a dreams which is a, a sort of game creation tool that has a vr mode that's on the way uh, like that's coming to ps5 but is the vr mode coming to ps5 unknown um like they've said psvr is going to work on ps5 but they haven't really announced any games on ps5 that are going to make use of it uh which is weird like they announced resident evil 8 and with the success of the vr mode in resident evil 7 like you would assume that re8 would also have one but they didn't really say anything about that so there are a lot of details around that and around back compat that i wish they had talked more about in the event i'm assuming we'll get more details around tgs in september good i was gonna say something about gran turismo god damn it yeah i I felt that it was like you were trying to find another idea or an opinion it's okay uh i'm sure while I go into the conclusion, I'm sure you all remember it and we can go back to it. But yes, I am quite excited by Gran Turismo 7. Again, if it is really the case, and I think it makes sense that it would be kind of the Gran Turismo sport engine, I don't think it is a downside. I think it's a great upside for it because that's one of the great quality, even to this day, of Gran Turismo sport. So yeah, now that all, like to go back to Gran Turismo sport, 
Yes, oh, I have it. I'll go on. So the other thing that's ambiguous is what the hell is happening to the actual esports side of Gran Turismo? Oh yeah, like that's what I meant by like we don't know where the online mode, right? Well, not just the online mode, but like people who actually like participate in the FIA oh. uh, affiliated events and seasons and stuff. Like, right, right. That entire structure does that end after Gran Turismo Seven is out? Because traditionally, Polyphony Digital, I think they leave the servers running for like six months after the new Gran Turismo game is out, and after they shut off the servers. Oh, yeah, that's quite aggressive. I forgot about that. So, to me, it's not clear, like, is Gran Turismo Sport just becoming a sub-mode of Gran Turismo 7? In which case, it kind of makes a lot of sense that it's Gran Turismo 7 Prologue, because it's literally a subset of what Gran Turismo 7 is. Is Gran Turismo Sport going to continue to work and then also be a mode in Gran Turismo 7? So then you have, like, cross-generation play for those specific modes. Also unclear. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, if you actually like what Gran Turismo Sport is giving you as a different experience from traditional Gran Turismo, it's not clear if that experience is going to be either available to you as part of Gran Turismo 7, if they're going to make it a separate experience, so you're going to have GT7 and GT Sport on GT uh, on PS5, or if it's just, like, abandoned and you're never going to be able to do anything like it ever again. Like, that entire continuity story is unclear at like a lot of things for ps5 and i wish they would talk about it because it's interesting to people who like games as a service kind of like me as a curiosity out there while i like that you remember this point i kind of wish you did not because you're making a good point and it's kind of fucking up my conclusion r.i.p and you'll see why because in the end with all the updates i do feel that gran turismo sport in the end, three years after its fucking launch, is a good package. I wish that they did optimize for the single-player mode for people like me, but at least in the end, the patched-in mode delivered to a certain level. Hmm. Okay, where do you rate GT Sport amongst all the Gran Turismo's you've played? So for sure below four. No, for sure below four. Well, that that's sure. Right. I I think the order I have is I I really dislike three, so it's better than three. Um, I don't recall one and two. I don't think I've played one. I think I've played a bit of two, but I don't recall those games so much that it's unfair for me to judge them. So three I dislike. Four I I love. Five was innovative. And add a lot of the features we like we discussed, like the the remote play, the web server where you can lend your B spec drivers to. I feel that that was missing of six, and because of that, I would say four, five, and six, and maybe a bit of sport at the same level. It's kind of like that's why I'm like Ugh. because like I felt that while six was a good update with new contents, it was always missing something. But it's not the same something that it, Gran Turismo Sport was missing. Is like we discussed offline. Is Gran Turismo Six just felt like a reskin Gran Turismo Five without all the new fancy innovation try they were trying to do. They just like ripped that out and were like, "Who cares? Let's focus on some online events. Let's focus on a campaign." But we don't really care about what we tried as experiment. So in the end, without those experiments and this kind of like shiny new thing in Gran Turismo 6, I always felt that Gran Turismo 6 was a good game, but was always kind of like a, not meh, but like 
a good 3.5 out of a 5 star. Let's put it this way. And if I were to put the numbers on Gran Turismo Sport three years ago, it would be 2 out of 5. Today, I would say 3 for sure. 3.5? That's why I was hesitating. I wasn't sure if it's at the level of of GT6 or it's a bit below. But again, if you feel a bit betrayed and you want to know is Gran Turismo Sport good and you're a bit like me, I think with the content and the price you can get the game at right now versus the price you might have needed to pay uh, three years ago, I think there's a it's well worth it at the current prices. Um, if you're a bit like you and you like typical online games, you need to be aware of some of the concerns that you brought up that like... Uh, uh, some of the points about like getting you know about getting a point about the seasons that after three years the season are starting to ram down because GT seven event is happening and maybe I forgot the point that like Polyphony Digital is quite aggressive at shutting down servers after a game is kind of gone so yeah that's what I was referring to uh, just a bit before but yeah if you didn't buy it because of the critics at the current prices and with the current content I think it is worth it is it worth it as a five star game. Not at all. The argument I hear you making is it's a good monetary value, but it's maybe not the greatest game. It is still one of the base racing simulator engine on the market. Yeah. While now having more contents online, offline to enjoy it if you're not an online player. That is, again, why I think it is an okay Gran Turismo game versus 6 I can't, would consider a great, a good Crunchyroll game, if you see the difference. So again, if you, and that's mainly my point is, if you never really played Crunchyroll Sport either, and of course you might not want to buy a PS5 and when in at launch, if this game gets released at launch, but maybe while you wait, there's a there's an about a like a four to six month period right now, that, hey, it's in the next deal in PSN, you miss Crunchyroll Sport. You miss Gran Turismo and its campaign and playing. I think it could, it could uh, help you on that aspect. But again, maybe you want to do that because you want to get great, like modern graphics. You could say the same thing about maybe replaying to Gran Turismo Four at this point, and that it could go to what you were trying to say to about my opinion is like it's an okay Gran Turismo game, but. Still, the route, the engine, the racing simulator is still like five out of five, right? That hasn't changed. That now that as it has more content around it, it just the game itself improved. Um, which brings me to my last point is I think in the next few weeks, and maybe not next few weeks because The Last of Us is getting released tonight. <laughs> uh, so that's a different thing, and uh, I, I I didn't it did like the next week is dubbed up, so like July June is crazy, but. I wouldn't be surprised in the next few weeks and months. I will play a bit of Gran Turismo. Like, I didn't feel that me playing the game just to come back and play was kind of like forcing me just to produce this episode. I would really enjoy my time playing the game still in the past week or so. I wish it was better. But again, for what I have right now, it was good enough. Yeah, the, the way I revisited it was... I I've just for context I've been playing a lot of Gran Turismo 2 and a lot of Gran Turismo 4 uh in the past month. Uh so I'm very familiar with those games right now and f- going back to sport I did not want to play that game more than maybe 15 minutes at a time. Hmm. 
Okay, no, not me. No, I, I really didn't like. I really enjoyed the online events. Like again, I maybe did because they're so long. Like they can, they can be like thirty minutes. I maybe did once. So there's one night I did just that, but other nights I was like, nah, eh, nothing in mood. I'll just do the one special event for tonight, and then I'll just play offline mode. It's like it's it's a great engine. It's beautiful to look at. The physics are great, but nothing in the game actually motivates me in the same way that simulation mode does in 4 and 2. Uh, I've restarted a new file of Gran Turismo 4 that I'm trying to play entirely in B-Spec and it's hard as fuck. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, Gran Turismo 2, I'm almost done beating the game. And like I've been tweeting a lot about Gran Turismo in the last month and a half or so and I've convinced a few friends to try and go play Gran Turismo. And I realized that... like. If you're just optimizing to beat the game, there's not that much content and to beat to actually beat the game. Like um I have some figures here, hang on. Uh like on Gran Turismo 2, you have to beat 9 events minimum. It's just the game is so fun that you actually end up playing like 25 events instead and your play your playtime goes way up. Uh I think Gran Turismo 4, you have 17 events to beat to actually beat the whole game. But again, you get distracted because you're so excited about buying all these weirdo cars that you actually like do a bunch more than you're supposed to. And I think it's kind of the same thing I described with Tony Hawk, where the game in itself is so fun and the context in which you are playing the game just motivates you to keep playing. And I think Retroism Sport does a shitty job of that, kind of similar to how 3 did. And that's why it has to be like in my bottom two Gran Turismo games overall just because it's lacking that hook to keep you playing. Uh and that I would agree. I while while I feel that the scheme redeem itself, it didn't become the level of what we can expect for Gran Turismo. So maybe that that isn't clear, so I'll try to make it clear. But again, I do feel that for now, for what we have and you don't like I don't I'll be honest, I didn't want to go revisit Gran Turismo four because I want to play it on my nice big TV. And that's the only thing I have right now. And I am content with it. I'm not overjoyed like what we'll be talking. I'm sure I'll ping you at 1 a.m. tonight talking about The Last of Us and be like, I don't care. And be like, oh my God. Right? I'm going to be sleeping at 1 a.m. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, don't worry. I have colleagues that are doing the same thing as I am doing right now. Not recording, but like freaking out about the game. So I'm sure I'll be talking to them. Uh, but oh, yeah, feel free to freak out at my DMs. Just don't expect a reply. I, <laughs> no, I, I want to hear all the bad takes. <laughs> I know, I know. But that—that's my point. Is to me, I feel in the end, at at in 2017, I would have considered it as bad as Gran Turismo 3, which is in my book the worst Gran Turismo today. Right now, I cannot say that no more, and that's where it put it in a scale. It's not better than the PS the. It is not better. Yeah, I will say it this way. It is not better than the PS3 games, which are second to Gran Turismo 4. But for what we have right now, it is better than the shittiest game I feel on Gran Turismo, which is Gran Turismo 3. But I agree, not hard to beat that. So again, I agree. There's a, con- there's a, there's a note in my conclusion that is about if you don't want to wait for Gran Turismo 7 and you kind of want to play a bit of Gran Turismo and you see a great deal on Gran Turismo Sport, I feel I can say, hey, it's okay to get it. Let's say after the content will be there, I'll be like, Oof, even if it's cheap, don't do that. Like, wait, be patient, wait. Keep this money for you. Put it in the PS5 fund. I know it's only maybe $30, 
put it in a FPS 5 pound and buy Gran Turismo 7. Don't don't spend money on this game. I would say right now, find a deal, spend 10, 15 hours, go play a bit online. I'm sure you'll find something you like, not something you love, something you like. And you won't feel bad that maybe you played 10, 15 hours on a $20 game. You'll create a get engine, you'll have something out of it, and it will keep you entertained, let's put it this way, while Gran Turismo 7 gets out. Though I agree with you, you could do that today by revisiting Gran Turismo 2 or even out just Gran Turismo 4 at that point. But again, uh, modern technologies, I feel you could enjoy the nice graphics and such. And that, again, is amazing. That's the only amazing thing about this game. And if you want to do that, that's my suggestion. Find it cheap. Go play GT League. Go play a bit of the online events before they all go away. And then you'll spend $20. And then you'll be like, hey, you know what? I am ready for a real number GT now. And I don't. I know I don't need to wait too much. Compared to more or less us, we had to wait since 2013. It's better than Drive Club. I'll give you that. <laughs> See? My, my power ranking, by the way, just real quick. It's 4, 2, 5, 6, 1, Sport, and 3. Although I haven't really played that much 3. Uh I mostly played it at friends' houses, but I do want to buy three to actually play it sometime soon. So to be continued, I guess. And I'm sure we will talk, like, I think Gran Turismo is our cameras of the year, uh, where we're just going to talk about Gran Turismo for like five episodes this year. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're not going to stop talking about it. And on that note, let's wrap it up. Awesome. Uh, So if you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can find them at limitlesspossibility.net slash 138. You can also find our full back catalog of episodes where we've talked about Gran Turismo numerous times (laughs) on limitlesspossibility.net. You can find this podcast on Twitter at limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Nikodivia at Lucanoche, that's L-U-C-C-O-N-O-U-C-H-E. And we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks.